This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we talk about crazy car stunts coming to Cleveland. We take a sick day to celebrate Ferris Bueller's 30th. And we want to know who you fooling. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am, as always, Paul Stedman, and to my left, as always, Joe Bueller, 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 Peters. <laughs> Bueller's my middle name. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's just three of them there. Yeah, uh, I have three middle names. So uh, yeah, I just couldn't help. I like saying chicka chicka. I like. I don't know why. I just like saying that, but I do. Um, so uh, before we get started here and full, I, I have I have a confession. I just want to. I, I, like, I was listening to some older episodes, and as well as you guys should too. Um, I realize, and I'm probably doing it right now. I cannot not hear myself breathing every time I listen to an episode. Like I have a creeper vibe going on. So if anybody listens to an episode, that's I'm just like, hey Joe, what's your point about this? I don't notice your breathing. I, I feel like I'm like a mouth breathing, like comic oh. book guy. Just like, you know, that it's taking all the effort <laughs> mouth, out of me just to, just, just to sit here <laughs> upright. So I'm gonna oh. try my best not to breathe directly into the microphone as I'm talking. So we'll see how that goes. I may die of asphyxiation. Okay. So I just, I, it's something, something inherently weird where I'm just like, I'm listening to myself breathe as I'm listening. I, it's just, I don't know. I, when, when I creep myself out, I wonder how that goes for everybody else. So, but I also now wonder since I pointed it out, everyone's gonna be like, you know what? He's right. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it a point to make breathing noises. So everybody thinks it's, it's yeah. you. like when you stop talking, like that doesn't sound like Paul's breathing though. Wait a his, minute, his sounds way more desperate sounds and like he doesn't exercise. Uh, so anyway, there's that. Um, you, uh, yeah, we have we have news. We have actually a, a couple bits of news. So nothing really because uh, I know we usually talk about something before we get into news. Do you have anything that happened recently? Important? Not important? Okay, nothing. All right, so let's just get to the news. everyone the exciting lives i lead where i'm like what are you doing you're like nothing like me neither like i got i got a beta invite to world of warcraft legion work and that's that's yeah um i sent you i think i sent you a photo of a demon hunter i was like yeah look at this elf like this blood elf chick she looks like she doesn't care about anything (sighs) and she has horns and blades emo i played the starting area so far i will say that uh i have enjoyed that when i run into areas where blizzard's still working they have the little saw horses up that like you know like under development it's like i like that they take the time to put up partitions in their beta be like just pardon the dust everybody we're working on stuff yeah. it's 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 kind of funny so uh demon hunters cool class that's i'll say that like you get to spin around and shoot laser beams out of your eyes things i want to do daily so anyway uh news 
Fast and Furious 8, I think that's what they're calling it, or was it... I don't know. It could be Furious 8. It could be... Fast 8. Fast 8. Or 8 Fast, 8 Furious. It could be like Fast 8. Yeah, I think it'd probably be Fast 8 Furious, because the 8 will replace the ampersand. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Because it's pretty close. Uh, Yeah, I started filming in Cleveland today. That's that's big news for Cleveland, uh, because it's another big tentpole franchise movie being shot in cleveland so that's money that's jobs and that's just awesome mm-hmm. so that's exciting um gotta get our sound stage yes that's the big thing like once there's a sound stage built here we can say screw you atlanta you should come film here and everybody will leave georgia and start filming in cleveland i hope that's the goal right yeah if, what if we could trick archer into coming up here and then just do all the animation for archer in cleveland as opposed to atlanta where they're based out of i don't think they do that because animation studio is a little different <laughs> i just i just be like <laughs> come on guys i just want h john benjamin in my backyard be like hey you should hang out sometime yeah it's like do archer bob, do bob do, do bob. archer do bob do them talking to each other right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just be like, I don't know which one's which. Uh, so, yeah, like when we were at Wizard World, uh, we listened to the Russos talk. Uh, they mentioned they, they, they couldn't say which franchise was filming soon, but I th- we think this is it. Yeah. Um, and that's cool that like they even know what was coming and they were excited as just being Cleveland natives that like there's just it, it's a cool time to be in Cleveland if you like movies. Yeah, it is. I think we get we had a good run for a couple of years with Marvel being here. Um I'd like to get them to come back or I'd like to get any anybody really to come back. Um, I think in the last, uh, I want to say, four or five years, we've had a good run of movies here in Cleveland. We had Draft Day here. Um, we had Winter Soldier. We had The Avengers. Um, uh, Alex, was it Alex Ross? Not that's, not, that's the artist. Uh, Alex Cross. The, that was the Tyler Perry one? Yeah, that, that was the thriller that was shot okay. here. There's that Nick Cage movie that was shot here recently, too. Yeah. Um, that movie Fun Size, that was like a family movie. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Uh, that was shot. A lot of it was in Lakewood, too. That was Because I remember at the place that we used to work at, that shall go unnamed, but reminds, reminds of Blockbuster, uh, and the parking lot behind, they had like four or five of the same vehicle, and I was really confused what was going on, and it was all the cars from that movie. So they had different car setups for camera shots. I just had no huh. idea what was going on to start, though. I'm like, why is there five of these cars here? Huh. I was just really confused. I, That's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's exciting for, for Cleveland. So you may be frustrated with the traffic being held up for a little bit, but just realize that what's going on is, is making a lot of money for the area. And, yeah. and it's a lot of, like, I, can't, I know I've said this before, every time I drive on the shoreway, I can't help but think of the Winter Soldier and I get really happy. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, I, I do that, too. I'm kind of glad. I think I told somebody. It was like, because they're redoing Public Square that I can now look at Public Square and or I can now watch the Avengers and not be like that's Public Square because it's not Public Square anymore. Be like okay, it's, it's, it's Germany just, on the outside, Germany, DC on the inside. I don't know, it's all yeah. weird. Uh so yeah, anyway, I, just, I thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, other news we got here, uh new Ghostbusters trailer came out. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, you know, I'm still on board. I, I am too. I, I think I think it's getting better. I was I enjoyed it. Um I think I think Paul Figgy, is that his name? Yeah, I always get him and Kevin Figgy. Mc- I it's, it's, I think it's Paul. F- I think it's Fig. Is Fig. I, yeah, Paul I Fig. Yeah, Fig. Uh, Paul with an F. Yeah. So Paul F. <laughs> uh, no, I think he does good work with a lot of his movies. I think some movies kind of get a little budget constraint, and some of the writers they get behind it can be kind of eh. Like I really enjoyed Bridesmaids. Everybody loves that movie. Um. I did like the heat. We talked about that. The yeah. heat, the heat was really good. 
uh, he did that road trip movie um, with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. Oh, um, was no. it Due Date? Due Date, yeah, yeah, was that yeah. Him? Okay, that was Due Date. It was. Okay. I completely forgot about that movie. Yeah, I did too. Um, but but I think like I think with this, I think like they're giving Ghostbusters the right treatment. I think they're giving him what he needs to work with. He has a great cast to work with. All three, all all four of those actresses are awesome. Like Kristen Wiig's great. Um, Melissa McCarthy, uh, probably one of the best physical comedic actresses I've seen in a long yeah, time. Like there's times where uh, I, once I aren't live when she hosts, like there's just bits where they just let her yeah, just run so rough shot all over everything. And she's so funny. Yeah. Like so good. Did you see the one where she was playing the uh, NCAA coach? No. Oh, that one's so good. She's throwing toasters at these girls on the court. Like she's like, God, oh, you're not dribbling fast enough. You're toast. She throws a toaster at him. I, there was one I saw where she's supposed to be taste testing like a ketchup or something. Oh, the the Hidden Valley Ranch. Yeah, one? that one's that hilarious. Was funny, yeah, yeah. She and it's like you know when her presence on that show it totally enhances it, and that says a lot for SNL. But speaking of SNL, you have Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones, which are two stellar cast members on there right now. Like Kate McKinnon. This is kind yeah. of their coming out party in terms of yeah. movies. So, I feel yeah. like like Kate McKinnon has like moved into that wing of like Kristen Wiig um, and like uh, um, uh, well, she's think... like Amy Poehler where she's, Amy Poehler. she's able just to be weird, right? And people expect it, and she's and she can do a fair amount of impressions, but also I don't know she she has a weird energy to her that like you always have to have that one in the cast that you just don't know which way they're going, and right. you just never know with her. She she's she's really funny, and then Leslie Jones, who just came out like a couple years ago, I, I love her. Like she's really funny too, and like I think she was a writer before she was before she was on the show, and then they kind of worked her into the show, and I'm really glad they did because she's hilarious. Yeah, because they had her on for like some weekend update spots, mm-hmm. and then they eventually brought her into the brought cast. her into the cast. Yeah, there was funny. a there was a um there was a skit she did with Russell Crowe where Russell Crowe and like a couple other guys were like these um. Uh, Russian mobsters and she was like this ninja that was trying to save Vanessa Bear and it was just it was really stupid it was one of the end of the night skits but it made me laugh so hard because she would just like break people's necks and then just like make this like ninja pose and then disappear like (laughs) off camera and some of the like what they call I know the AV club when they review it they call it the 10 to 1 land Mm -hmm. like with those weird like you got like a few minutes to fill yeah let's just put something really weird out there Mm -hmm. some of those skits I can't say I always laugh at them but I appreciate where they go. Yeah. Because I think that's the first time that remember the the Bill Hader as the animatronic like like in the boat tunnel where yeah. like the three animatronic dummies would come the up and some time guys. Yeah. yeah. I think that was one of the original like late like well, not original, but it was one of the like close one to the end of the late, shows. And then it hit so well. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was a good one. The creepy robots. <laughs> uh but yeah, Leslie Jones, I'm excited. I, I I like her a lot. Did you see the the her with Peter Dinklage with the naked and afraid? Yeah, that was like, pretty that funny. was pretty funny. Uh so yeah, like the new trailer it it gives more of an indication of the humor. I know that the the one before you had a couple jokes in there, yeah. But this one gave it a little bit more room to breathe, and like which that makes me feel better about it. I also am excited to see Chris Hemsworth in a comedy. Yes. Like I haven't seen him do anything really kind of like super funny like that. I mean, he was in Vacation, um, but I don't know. I feel like he's going to have more of a like a bigger part than he did in Vacation. Yeah, and it also kind of implied that it looks like he's going to be a vessel. 
for something. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if he's going to be like the driving force in the second half of that movie, but if so, even if he's the Zol type character, that should still be really funny. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Um, most guys our age seem to be not so, you know, screw. I don't know. I don't, I don't don't understand that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of heat on the internet about it for no reason. I, I don't, I just, I, I know I could be a very bitter film watcher at times. Um, but at the same time, I think, the older I get, the more I realize I got to like, if I don't have any enjoyment watching anything, then what's the point of me watching anything at all ever? Yeah. So if, if you got the right cast, you looks like you got people that really care about this and they love the original and they're not wanting to like, they don't want to distance themselves away from it, but they want to do their own thing. I don't see why they can't have the license to, to do something a little different, even though it does bother me that we still see Steve Puff, and this trailer, it's like yeah. I don't want to hit. I kind of want everything they to be use Stay Puff, but yeah, don't hit point for point for point. Do your own thing. Yeah, I could have even done without Slimer, you know. Me too. I agree. But this is almost exactly the same conversation we had when you were talking about your passion for Space Jam Two and how you <laughs> don't passion. you don't feel like they should touch the original. That's true. It's a classic, <laughs> you know. Um, sure, you know I don't care. Like um, you as know, long what as, I want as is, long as you have Charles Barkley in Space Jam Two, that's I don't what really I was going to say. You know what I want in Space Jam Two is I want all the old, the older NBA stars, like other than Jordan, to come back. <laughs> yeah, like, just like how all the rest of the Bulls show back up. Yeah, like, yeah. No, well, no, I want like remember like Patrick Ewing and Muggsy yes. Bogues and like Charles Barkley, like they all lost their basketball abilities. I want that them guys to come back. That would be great. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, speaking of basketball, this wasn't on our list of stories. I'm just going to mention this to you, Joe. I don't know if you know. Um, with with the current basketball playoffs going on right mm-hmm. now. Last night, Cleveland just utterly destroyed Toronto. Yeah. Um, did you hear about the Siri thing that went on with this? No. If you went into an, um, an iPhone and said, hey, Siri, what happened to the Toronto Raptors? And it reads back, um, they went the way of the dinosaurs last night and because Cleveland beat them and it gave them the score. So the fact that Siri you know, chirped up and said, oh, the Raptors went the way of the dinosaurs. I thought that was kind of funny. funny. It was actually like a, like a funny Cleveland joke as opposed to a joke that's funny about Cleveland. It makes me nervous. Um that the Cavs are doing so well. Um, I want to see them play Golden State again like last year, but I just... I, I don't care who they play. It could be the Monstars. Just get <laughs> me to the finals. And right now, not that this is suddenly sports talk, but this team's clicking and they're having fun. Yes. So that's it's, what I... like. There, There's something about it. Like, like we are not used to having a team with confidence and execution in Cleveland. And I know everyone's like, well, they should lose one so they face adversity. It's like... I don't care. Keep bringing the brooms out. Like if they get to the finals and they haven't lost a game yet, that means they rest more. And I don't care. Like I don't need right. drama right now. I need to get back. I don't know. And just yeah. I just I just feel nervous because like if we sweep the Raptors, like like we did, you know, the last two games, then I, I just I feel like that's going to catch up to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think there's a, uh, there's enough people steering the ship right uh, that I right now I feel better about this team than last year when they started just going down the tubes because of injuries. But, mm-hmm. wow, we really, wow, look at that. Bro's talking about sports on this show. <laughs> All right. Bro talk, sports. All because of Space Jam, which ties into that. But uh, No, what else, no Space Jam. What else right. do you have for news? Um, uh, Transformers has a new title. It's called The Last Night. I thought I was hoping to be called The Last One. We could skip that. Yeah, The Last One would have been a better title. <laughs> yeah, Transformers 5. Just kidding. We're like, done. Like, like everybody in a, a giant sigh of relief. Oh. <sighs> 
why am I like it bums me out? That's you talk about like childhood stuff. Do you remember when the first Transformers came out and we were like so excited? And it was like for was, for being what it was, it, it was, was a lot of fun, and, and we I liked just it. Like, wow, it worked. And then the second one, and then the third one, and then we're like, what's happening? Yeah, it's like, like is this is this real life? Uh, yeah. So I just feel bad that I live in a world in which we're getting a fifth Transformers movie, and I'm not looking forward to it. Did I tell you about my when I went and saw Age of Extinction? Was it Age of Extinction? What was uh, the, what was that the was last the last one. one. Yeah. Last one. Did I tell you about when I went and saw that in the theater? No. You know how long that movie is, right? It's somewhere between two and a half to seven years. Right. <laughs> so it's, somewhere it's, around uh, like the four and a half month mark, I was like, <laughs> I was in, I was, at, I was at the theater with my buddy, and the power goes out in the theater, right? So that should have been a, a sign from God to just get the hell out of the theater. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he's like, you know what, man, I'm just going to go down and get like a free movie ticket because like it was probably about, like two hours into the movie, maybe. <laughs> and oh. I'm like, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to tough it out because I don't want even if I get a free ticket, I don't want to come back and sit through all this again and watch and find it because the Dinobots hadn't shown up. And I was like, I'm here for to watch these Dinobots show up. So yeah. I go back and I sit down and I'm sitting in the theater for like like probably like 20 15 20 minutes and the power comes back on and they start the movie back so the movie's jumps back like 25 minutes from where it cut off oh. so i'm like okay let's get through this oh you're on the cable oh ravage is gonna get you blah 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 so then it gets caught up and then it's like another half hour 45 minutes like i got to the theater and left in about four and a half hours. i sat and watched transformers <laughs> in the theater four and a half hours it was terrible so mad you were longer in the theater than you were for hateful eight that's that says a lot for yeah yeah uh, it's a terrible movie yeah and like the thing is age of extinction isn't that bad it's just that it keeps going like after a while i just stopped caring about the fights and that usually that's a bad sign when you just don't care about the action anymore yeah uh, well because like the third one like when you got to the battle of chicago that was still another 45 minutes and it right. just it kept going and I don't know. Like, I just, even with, like, you know, and here's me, you know, tooting the horn of Marvel again, but even with, like, Age of Ultron, that last segment, it still didn't feel like, like, like a slog. It felt like they had segments that had a fight, and then you had resolution, even though that did go about 20 minutes or so. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's just, Bay's more like, can I, can they transform? Can they fight? Can they blow up? Can we keep doing that over and over again? Right. So, I don't know what this last night is. I'm probably going to watch it. But anyway, like, uh, it's just, I'm not going to go see it. I just, uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to go. I didn't see Age of Extinction if, in the theater. I watched on Netflix and I fell asleep. Yeah, if we stop giving them our money. <laughs> if we stop. People don't learn that, though. They go see it and stop. then they go and then they're like, oh, we'll make more more of them. Stop. Blame the foreign markets, too, for that. I'll tell you what. When it comes out, we'll do a big cast about it and we'll we'll center the cast around other movies coming out around it. And we'll, we'll hype those up to help people. Yeah go see something other than Michael Bay's Transformers. Yeah. Which is terrible because the Transformers are such a huge part of our, our childhood and it's it feels awful to say, no, we can't let other people go see the Transformers. And, and I'll be honest, like when they first said, like the first movie that Michael Bay is directing it, and I was like, this is the perfect marriage of like ridiculousness and toys. And I was excited, you know? And so anyway, yeah. But there's still two more movies coming after this one too. I I don't know where it's going. Yeah. I just, anyway. Um, yeah, anyway, so, uh, other news, let's see here, um, yeah, I was telling Joe before the show, uh, Dice, uh, admitted 
recently. They're the ones that make the Battlefront series. They made Star Wars Battlefront. Right. That they actually did not make a single player campaign for Star Wars Battlefront because they wanted the game out to go alongside with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that you have to make decisions creatively. I. I I don't know. Like I want single player things to go along with multiplayer games. I wanted a games. single player game too. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I bought Battlefront and I haven't played it more than like probably four or five times. I like it. It's it's a decent game. Um, I don't like Battlefield. I know a lot of people who are big Battlefield fans probably you know think I'm crazy, but um, I don't like Dice's uh, engine that much. Uh, the Frostbite engine or whatever it is. Yeah. With the, yeah so. I don't know. Like I remember, like was it the Battlefront Two? Um, it had a single player kind mm-hmm. of component to it, and I remember it was a long time ago, so I don't remember much about it. I just remember having fun with it. Because mm-hmm. um, also, too, I feel like single player helps helps me because I guess as I'm becoming an older and more decrepit gamer, I need to understand how the classes work and how everything goes. And putting me at least in a single player context gives me time to learn it, mm-hmm. as opposed to being thrown out into you know a Battlefront. Uh, where I'm just getting mowed down like Titanfall. It had like three training levels and it's like, here's this gun that like you're going to be terrible with, but everyone else is going to be great with and we're done now. Here you go. And like that, that I needed more than that. Yeah. That's tough to, to build a game like Titanfall off of a, 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 a multiplayer only experience when there were no previous games to set that stage. Like people play call of duty battlefield and call, um, halo, Mostly strictly for multiplayer, but they still put a campaign mode in there to kind of let people get their feet wet to play the game. And this at least Destiny feels like it had that yeah that part well, of it. No, Destiny has both. Like Destiny is primarily story driven, mm-hmm. and then you've got your um. Well, now it's story driven. Yeah, now it's story driven. <laughs> wasn't story driven before. It was just yeah, Peter not, Dink- not the first year. It was just like Peter Dinklage talking in a booth, and you're just like, "What, dude? Yeah, um, I don't want to be here either." Yeah, sorry. That wizard's uh, on the moon, and I'm out of here. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I did read that they're gonna they're announcing Battlefront Two, which means they're probably gonna like put a single player campaign into that. They're gonna probably work on it longer because if they're gonna try to rush it out before Rogue One comes out, that's just stupid. I think. Yeah, and uh, I I agree. Also, brief, brief aside, two two Star Wars bits. You're gonna be excited for this one. I saw a photo of the cast of Rogue One. There's a robot in there, and I don't know what that robot is, but it looks awesome. It looks like a giant, like just a giant robot behind mm-hmm. them, like not like a, a CP throw, you know, like more like a, I don't know, like a Hulkbuster. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but he's my favorite robot in the world now. That's I. <laughs> oh, what are you going to tell I, Baymax? <laughs> you know what? I'm he's gonna, my second favorite gonna, robot in the world I'm text, now. I'm texting him right now. Yeah, he'll be like Lulu, Lulu, no. Him and uh, Mega Man. Yeah, right. Oh crap! You're I got, right. I got him in a group message. <laughs> um. So I don't know what that robot is. I love him already. And I just I had something about like, I didn't know there was a robot in this movie. I should have known that. Uh, so uh, second Star Wars thing. Today is actually Peter Mayhew's birthday. Oh, wow. So happy birthday to Chewbacca. Uh, may you forever live long. I don't know. Uh, I was about to say live longer, prosper. Wrong Wookies, franchise. Wookiees live pretty, pretty long lifespans. They do. And um, so, yeah, happy birthday, Peter Mayhew. Um, you, you gangly man that fit in the suit that helped out a long time ago. And you're only known for Chewbacca. Like, he never did any... Well, no, he did a couple other things, but it was really just Chewbacca. Like, yeah. He, yeah. Um, so, last story, and then we'll move on to the other other bit here, is that I like bringing weird things to tell Joe that he doesn't know is coming. So, this story <laughs> is from Altoona, Pennsylvania, and it's... Um, police say four Central Pennsylvania volunteer firefighters called in five false alarms earlier this year because they enjoyed the thrill of riding in fire trucks. <laughs> That's 
That's funny. <laughs> I know. Like, so uh, they said, uh, um, the Logan Township Volunteer Fire Department has suspended the men and police have charged them with making false alarms. Um, let's see here. Police believe the men are responsible uh, only for the five alarms, but they say even one is too many. I would agree with that. Uh, but let's see here. The last thing, the suspects were all probationary members with fewer than 90 days of service with the fire department. So these guys got to be volunteer firefighters. And they're like, all right, so when's the fires happen? And the fire department's like, well, only when it's needed, you know, <laughs> like just, you can't like, just run around. Well, I want kind of want to go ride the engine. So <laughs> it's like, listen, I brought my firefighting pants with me and I got a spotted dog. Can we go now? It's like, no, you have to wait. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's like, hey, Bill, call it, call it. Call it. It's like, I get to be shotgun. It's like, no, I get to round the ladder. So, yeah, the whole idea, they're just joy riding around in fire trucks, taking, going to fake calls. I thought that was a funny story. That's pretty funny. That's a misappropriation of funds. You know, it's wasting the township's money. But, right. yeah, anyway. So, that had nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was a funny story. So. That's a funny story. <laughs> all right. So, all right. And now this. And now for our feature presentation. You know, like this this song is so synonymous with that movie, but like they only also really, like Twix and Twix, yes. Like, <laughs> um, but they only really play it at the end, like the credits, like right at the um, end. Well, there's also the bit too when they first because so all right, talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 30th anniversary. It's coming up uh, uh, a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, and so the bit whenever they first see uh, Cameron's father's sports car. You hear this play as like Ferris is looking at the car. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yep. You're right. But yeah, you're right. This is a very like everyone's like, oh, it's that song. It's the yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. The Twix song yeah. is uh, I laughed out loud in the theater when I went and saw Deadpool at the end when he comes out in the Ferris Bueller bathrobe. Yes. In the same like almost the same exact hallway, and then he's just like, "You're still here. Go home." Like I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome." They did Ferris Bueller, and then he pops his head out and goes. So, yeah, it's funny because I was I finished watching that earlier before we did the show, and I stayed through the credits. Uh, well, stayed. It's in my house. I can stay through the credits. And then when Ferris Bueller comes out, it's like, I'm <laughs> out of here. I'm when, done. When I Paul go. gets done watching movies, he gets up off his couch and leaves his house. And, and, and then I call for a fake fire alarm, and I get on the truck, and I just leave. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, was, I was watching with Miri, and, she, and that, that happens. She's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly where that comes from. So she... Didn't oh, she didn't realize it and put it together? No. I think a lot of people didn't realize it in the theater because I started cracking up instantly when I saw the bathrobe. Yeah. And so, and that was going to be a point I was going to say for later that I feel like a movie like Deadpool would not exist without Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And the reason I say that is because there's so much fourth wall breaking in Ferris Bueller. Yes. And he's a character that's aware of what's going on around him all the time. That's true. And, and it's it's very much like, not that I'm saying Deadpool was like a remake of Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. There's a lot of it that feels the same, though, and it's really right. weird. No, there. I mean, f- that movie um, came out like in 86, and it was like, it was ahead of its time with a lot of that fourth wall breaking. Um, we talked about like um, the, the viral... Uh, viral effects of pre-social media of safe like Ferris. Safe Ferris. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just certain things. And like Ferris Bueller was that dude in school that everybody wanted to be, but you didn't hate him. No, he was friends with everybody. Yeah. Like, well, let's say everyone except, liked him, but he wasn't necessarily sister. friends with everybody. Yeah. Except for his sister. <laughs> except for Jennifer Grey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was interesting because like Joe had mentioned this to me because I was, we were trying to come up with something for this week and it was just, you know, we've been so comic book heavy 
And so like everything, it's just like, well, yeah, why not take a moment to look at like John Hughes and, and Ferris Bueller? And it had been a while since I've seen the movie. Um, it is 30 years old. I, you know, I admit that I was like six when the movie came out. So this has been a part of my life. I feel like the Breakfast Club's been more of my life than, than Ferris Bueller has been, though. But there was just something about um, smart kids being smarter than everybody else and knowing how to get around authority. Right. That was a weird like, line that went through the 80s with a lot. And John Hughes, he he never, ever talked down to kids. And I He always wrote them really smart. He did. Like, like, look at Home Alone. Like, how much stuff did Kevin get away with yeah. in Home Alone? And it was just like, there's no way this kid would get away with this stuff. Like, Home Alone 1 and 2, because he wrote Home Alone 1 and 2. Yeah. Like, um, and he's really good with coming up, like, with those lovable characters that you just want to see the, ki- the kids have all the answers. Um, but like Ferris, I think for me, Ferris Bueller was my favorite John Hughes movie. Um, like I know he directed like probably about like a handful of movies, but he wrote a yeah, lot. It wasn't, of, I looked at it. It was like, he only did like, he directed like eight movies, yeah. but he wrote a lot of movies. He did. But, um, but yeah, Breakfast Club was probably my second one. Everybody loves a Breakfast Club, but and 16 Candles, 16 know? Candles was, was, um, was good. But like some about Ferris Bueller, you know, the fourth wall breaking was fun. Um, always having the answers kind of. You know, I'm not going to lie, but like I channeled Ferris Bueller when I was a senior in high school because I don't think I ever went to school like a full week when I was a, <laughs> a senior in high school. Um, but uh, did you have an elaborate Rube Goldberg device in your bedroom to set up as people came to check by? You're yeah. Like, oh, he like, had, like that, that dummy moved when I you opened the door. A mannequin you know? snoring. Yeah. yeah. No. But um, but yeah, I, I, I think it was like one of those movies that was kind of ahead of its time as far as like, and, and it still holds up today too. Like if like you go back and you watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a lot of the jokes are still pretty good. Oh yeah. And it's also like, so it, it's weird. Like here, this is me putting on my grumpy old man, you know, pants. Um, I don't know why they'd be pants, but anyway, uh, there is, there's a lot of like, there is some swearing in this movie and there's some out, like there's some hinting at things. Uh, but then it doesn't, like that movie, it wouldn't be an R-rated movie today other than the language. Like it would just be, it is what it is. You go forward now where I still think there's some good R-rated comedies that crack me up, but it feels like it has to lean so hard into the vulgarity as opposed to just the moment. Mm-hmm. And with this, it's like you had some characters, you had like it, the movie really, it's other than, other than Ferris himself coming to the realization that he has everything under control right now, but the future's coming because he's about to graduate mm-hmm. and his, his friends also graduating too. And he's worried about him even though he kind of shits all over Cameron the entire movie. But anyway, that's... Yeah, he does. He's, he's kind of a jerk to him sometimes. It's like, I'll just take your dad's car. It's fine. You're coming with me, you know? But the whole notion of, like, things are going to change, and I have absolute control now, and I have a pretty good feeling I want to be okay in the future, but I just don't know, so I'm going to enjoy this day while I have it, is very much like... That's a very much young person thought. Yeah. And it's very much like... Because I, I try to think back when I was that age, and it's like you said so yourself, like when you're senior in high school, like you weren't there all the time. You probably like, oh, I got this. Mm-hmm. And and now the older I get, I realize how little I actually had. <laughs> like I, right. <laughs> so there's just a weird, I don't know, like now with the comedies now, it's like kids do know everything, too. But there there's so much innocence lost in a lot of that now because it's very raunchy and very like American well, Pie. That's older now, too. But like I'm thinking like um, super bad. You know, okay. where it's like you have like it's kind of a coming age movie, but it's just it's just nothing but like, you know, dick jokes the entire right. time. Yeah. Well, you're right. Super bad is a coming of age, but they do just lean on the raunch and the heavy raunchiness. Um, I think the other thing, too, is like what was really unique about back in the 80s with with Ferris Bueller was, you know, if you look at kids nowadays, they, they do know everything because of technology. Like, yeah. They have access to things. Things are a lot more easier. 
Um, you know, seeing Ferris get away with things about like being the sausage king of Chicago. You could just look that up. You yeah. could just look that up. Like yeah. whereas before, you got to kind of like take somebody's word for it. How did he know that? Blah blah blah. It's like it's not coincidental. You know, it, you know, funny things like that. So it's like stuff that he got away with. Like the whole bit where he's he's on the phone with Cameron trying to get his girlfriend out of school, and they're talking to the and they're talking to the yeah. principal. Um, you know, is it, th- that would never happen nowadays. No. You know, that would just, that would be too, too ridiculous. And, and like, you know, with cell phones and caller ID and like, you know. Yeah. So some of the stunts aren't as like, like, oh, well, anybody could do that now. And it's like, there's a bit too where these kids are at a payphone just talking to him at home. And it's like, it was just weird seeing a row of payphones in a high school. Yeah. Like, it didn't even make sense to me. Right. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to throw back and, and see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I, the movie still holds up. The, the humor's still there. I, the one thing I like about John Hughes movies in particular, one, they're always just kind of a lesson that you get. Like, there's always a little bit of a nugget of wisdom there. Um, and so there is a little bit of character growth when you go throughout. But there is um, just the the piling of, of problems on top of each other. Not so much for Ferris, even though towards the end, it got a little out of hand of him trying to get, every, get home on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, his day was the way he wanted it to be. But I'm thinking more of like um, the 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 principal. Whenever he would go try to like bust Ferris, and then first he goes, uh, what was it? he goes try to look through the window, and then his his he loses his shoe in the mud, and then it kind of goes from there where he runs to the dog, and then he he gets into the house, but then Jennifer Grey just kicks him in the face three times. It's like he keeps getting he just gets just haggard by the time it's all over, and he's just defeated, mm-hmm. and then he gets on the bus, and he looks over, and the kid has on his trapper keeper save Ferris. And yeah. he realizes that he's just been just he's worked. been defeated. Yeah. And it, it's very, very much like Clark Griswold. Like it's he just didn't have the um, same. I don't have the same losing of his mind though that Clark Griswold had. I don't think Mr. Rooney is like Clark Griswold in the sense like because like obviously Rooney's the antagonist. Yeah. And he does represent authority that Ferris is always kind of. Yeah. You know, I'm talking like and, and you know getting away from any one problem wouldn't be that bad off but it kind of piles up to where it all it ends up being a bad day where with Clark Griswold which I mean also the vacation the original vacation movies were also written. By John Hughes, or yeah, European, uh, Vegas, and um, Christmas Vacation was Christmas written by Vacation, him, yeah. which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, it just, is. Yeah, I, I have to watch Christmas Vacation every every year. Just and Chevy Chase was like the perfect vessel for just that. Like I've had enough, but the, all the problems for the most part, a lot of it's based on like real life. Just happens to be a bunch of dominoes that fall, and it's like you know, it's a little ridiculous, but it could happen. I do love. I do love the fact that Rooney decides to take like his entire day to track this kid down. Yeah, because like, he's just like I'm not letting him get away. Like that. Like and to think about it, like nowadays, like the, they would never do that. Like, no, and yeah. and the idea of just like a principal entering somebody's house without permission, right, and running into one of his students, all that seems wrong now. You yeah. know, and um, <laughs> yeah, and then there's also other bits in there too, like at the end when Jennifer Gray is running away from the cops just to try to catch Ferris. It's like. Yeah. That would that would not go so innocently anymore. It wouldn't just be a ticket. Like you would be you'd be arrested, you'd be shot, like it'd be something bad, you know? Um so so yeah, it's like and also too, I don't know if you remember like the couple the couple music cues now that you realize would cost way too much money to have happen. Like when the car launches, you hear Star Wars, mm-hmm. when the guy the two guys from the garage are driving, joy right. riding around, and then whenever Ferris lip syncs to the Beatles. Like those are things that you just would not yeah. have happen anymore. This is true. And like um the uh the day itself like is a solid day off and i think that's why because i think like the fantasy of you know obviously the fantasy of skipping school 
but like the stuff that they do, you know, going to the, the the art museum, you know, all the way up until uh, you know, the parade at the end, like yeah. being in the parade, like you know, and I think that just highlights his character and like how cool he was. So, well, when you were that young, the idea that you weren't at school for a day seemed like the like that's a, a whole day. Now it's like if I have a day off, I'm like I get to about a certain point in my day, and I'm like, well, all right, I start now. I got to get ready for the next day, so I don't right. really view it as like a free pass. I look at it as half a day usually. Yeah, too. I'm <laughs> yeah. just like I got to I got to get ready yeah. for tomorrow and plan this out. But um, yeah, days off used to be so much bigger when you were younger. But like you know, and I think like when I did see you know this movie because I was like I was the same age. I was like six when I saw it. It was like having a day off from school for me was always just being sick. You know, it was yeah. like you were sick and miserable. You didn't go to school. There was no skipping school when you were that young. So I think like the high school mentality, it wasn't there for me. And like when I was seeing Ferris do that, I was just kind of like, oh, this guy just didn't go to school. How cool is yeah. that? And he had a computer and he could change his absences and all that stuff, too. It was oh, like- yeah, that was funny, too. The computers. It's like, <laughs> what? He's got a computer? Yeah, they didn't explain it. It didn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and also, too, I'll give credit to the movie because John Hughes knew like there was some good physical sight gags in the movie too. Like when the, the secretary at the high school, she pulls out one pencil out of her hair, pulls out two pencils out of her hair. And then by the time she pulls the third one out, she's surprising herself. Like yeah, she's, she's, like, <laughs> I remember she looks at it like what? Yeah. So like there was like little quiet moments like that. that I like then there's the whole bit whenever uh, Ferris and uh, Cameron and his, and his girlfriend are all in the cab and they pull up beside the dad and she and then all of a sudden they duck down and she's just wearing the sunglasses and she's kind of flirting with his dad but kind of not it was like kind of weird but mm-hmm. it's like and then the dad kind of smiles to himself like ah, I, I still, I got, still it. got it yeah. yeah so it's like that was like there's some bits there that worked yeah. um and it, it just the fourth wall breaks i just forgot i mean i remembered them but i forgot completely how that controlled a lot of the movie where it's like and also there's a lot of shots in the movie too that are from first person so like there's um uh, there at least the bit too whenever the car it's a, that's supposed to be back of the house and it reverses out and breaks the window. Like you, from Cameron's point of view, you, the camera pushes and you just like almost follow his sight line past his friends and looks down at the wreckage. It's very much, it's like, it gives you that whole, like you're there. And it was a really, there's a lot of times where it was consciously like first person as, as Ferris is breaking the fourth wall. So it's like, you're there along with him for his day off. Yeah. It was very, I don't know. I mean, movies still do that now, but it just feels, it feels like that's still fresh for then especially when you're talking and you have words pop up on the screen too. Like he's going through his like rules for a day off mm-hmm. and he's like, clammy hands are better than a fever. Cause a fever would jump in the doctor's office and that's a right. wasted day. Yep. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm glad that you mentioned this movie cause I had not watched in a long time and it was a lot of fun. And I forget how much I enjoy John Hughes films. Cause I kind of took them for granted growing up. Like just, that was kind of what you had. Um, I kind of did too. Cause I think like, I really didn't appreciate a lot of, I want to say a lot of John Hughes movies until I was like, 19 or 18 yeah because um, like i watched yeah well yeah authority but because I, but, but that was like kind of the target audience for when he made those movies it was like all the high schoolers that's that's like at the end of that was when i was at the end of high school yeah so like you know i went back and rewatched them like i was telling you i remember like one of the the extra credit questions on one of my english english uh, english lit tests was you know what was the um what was the band who did the theme song for breakfast club and I remember I blanked and I was like, oh, I totally missed this extra credit. And then I had to go watch The Breakfast Club to get it, you know. Like, and, and to, now that you said that, though, I'm blanking on it, too. No, Simple Minds. That's right. But uh, <laughs> um, I should know that. Yeah, but but like going back and watching it, it was different than when I first watched it, you know. 
you know, because yeah. right? I was younger and it was just like, oh, I know these people. I know there's Ali Sheedy from Short Circuit, and then you got Emilio Estevez, and that's the guy who does Hot Rod's voice, like from yeah. Transformers. <laughs> you know, and you know, as a kid, you identify with that, and then you just kind of like watch the story, and and like because I was only like about eight or so, I think when I saw Breakfast Club, it was like. It was like I didn't have to worry about things like detention or Saturday school. Yeah, and the whole idea of having an entire Saturday wasted to be in detention, mm-hmm. that seemed like the worst thing ever. Right. Um, I mean, also, there's a lot of language and stuff in The Breakfast Club, too. I don't know why I was able to watch it as a kid. Like, there's a lot in there well, that's that was Well, that, I think that was the pre-PG-13 eras with the PGs, where it was like they could get yeah. away with, with, with saying curse words. That's true. That was in that, you're right, that was kind of in those, those mm-hmm. uh, muddy waters, because that was around the time PG-13 became a thing. Um, I was also going to throw a mention out for Weird Science. Oh, yeah. Um, he did Weird Science. I, I know I always talk about the Capitol because it's like the greatest place in the world. They showed that as part of their late shift uh, with Melt last year, and Mary had never seen it before, so we went, and we went to go see it in the theater. And I had forgot about how how crazy that movie is. And how That's a weird movie. It is. It's just, it doesn't even, like, the pacing's like, all right, this is starting, and now we're done now. It's like, whoa. Like, it's just the whole middle is just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense, but no. it's funny the entire time. Um, yeah, that was, that's just, it's, it's a weird movie, but it's, I think it's worth, you got to go back and watch it. Cause it's not what you think it is. It, it doesn't, it's not what you remember. It's like, oh, they made this girl on the computer. It's like, yeah, but it's more about like them growing up and wish fulfillment mm-hmm. as opposed to like, we got the sexy lady here now. It's and also we have a uh, motorcycle guys that come break into a party and yeah, that, that end part with the motorcycle guys was just like out of left field. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, but with John Hughes though, like, I mean, clearly John Hughes has influenced a lot. I know, like, I'm sure like we wouldn't have Kevin Smith without John Hughes cause yeah. he's like so hugely influenced by that. Uh, he's influenced by uh character turning dialogue as opposed to necessarily action. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, even, even in dogma, like Jane and Bob were trying to find Shermer, Illinois. That was their whole goal was to find this fake town that didn't really exist that all the John Hughes movies were set in. And that's why they ended up like in Chicago or something. I forget exactly where they ended up in uh in Dogma, but they were looking for that place. Well you can see that in his filmmaking, like just the 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 character driven dialogue and things like that. Yeah. And and like I said, if you watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off and then watch Deadpool, even though the stinger is the same, pretty much, there it's just there's this weird symmetry to that movie and I don't know. Like it's as a, Ferris Bueller doesn't have a revenge story or an origin story in the middle of it, but otherwise there's a lot there where it's like he's explaining like all the character beats as he goes along, and it's like wow, this is uh, like I just I can't believe like how how much they felt a lot alike. It was just really bizarre. Not as much gunplay though in Ferris Bueller. Yeah, there's very, very and, and not as much less, katana play either. Less katanas and guns. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, uh, it's it's available right now on Hulu. It is not on Netflix. Okay. Um, so if people want to watch it, yeah. Check if it you out. guys want to revisit Ferris, um, it's on Hulu. Check it out. Yeah. So, please, or if you've never seen it, yeah, right. Do like, yourself a favor. I mean, I know I'm guilty of a lot of things that I, you know, that are from that time that I've not seen, and and we're going to revisit not not this episode, but soon we're going to revisit our resolutions that we made at the beginning of the year, um, and we'll see how far we've made those. So, uh, one of my resolutions was involving watching movies I have not seen that are supposed to be considered <laughs> classics. I remember specifically mentioning First Blood. I have not watched that yet. I still have it. Uh, so, so yeah, we'll get we'll get to there. We'll we'll um, go over things we haven't seen or our resolutions, I should say. So, please let us know on our Facebook page, uh, Invasion of the Podcast, our Twitter at Invading Podcast, our Gmail is Invading Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have favorite John Hughes uh, films, moments. 
Um, you know, anything about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Have you attempted to do all of Chicago like that in one day? Have you have you went to what was it a baseball game? Had dinner at a fancy restaurant? Went to the museum and then somehow sung in a parade? I don't know. And then wrecked a car. That's a I think that's like that's off. a solid day off. Um, so yeah, let us know about that. Uh, yeah. Um, but now we're we're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, and I know the last time we did this bit, I, I played this. Hello, Veronica. This is Mike Rithchen. What did you say your name was? <laughs> Mike Rithchen. It's not important. Yeah, so like um, a few months ago we did, uh, I, I told Joe the story of uh, Billy Vegas uh, about Johnny Manziel in Vegas with a blonde wig and a mustache. And I asked him, like, who are you fooling? And then we did like a one through five scale of different people from pop culture of like, who are you fooling? <laughs> and I, I pitched this to Joe. I had like five. He's come up with like thirty-seven of them. So <laughs> well, we're gonna go back and forth this well, time. Well, hit me with your five, and then okay. I'll and then I'll do mine. So all right. So let's see here. I have I have Bartman. Who are you fooling, Bartman? We know you're Bart Simpson. Who are you fooling? One, one, one to five. What one you, to five. I would say uh, probably a two. Yeah. Because I mean, he technically does have like a mask on, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's form fitted to his hair. There's, <laughs> yeah. n- I've never seen a, another Simpsons character with that hairstyle. So do, the the two. So does he fold his principal Skinner? Is yeah. that it? Okay. Skinner's pretty low on the full scale. Um, I have I have um, <laughs> uh, Super Grover. You know. Oh, that's a one. <laughs> Come on, he's, Grover's in the name. <laughs> I know. I just and all he wears is like a hat and a cape, and then yeah. like, that's it. So, like I said, I was really struggling today come up with some of these, but I thought Super Grover would be a good <laughs> one to bring Grover. over. Uh, he's not fooling anybody. No, um, the revolting blob. Remember, he was the wrestler from Billy Madison. That was the principal. That was his. Like he he was the revolting blob, and then he killed somebody in the ring by accident, and then he went off to become a principal, and he was blackmailed into failing <laughs> Billy. If you remember, I've watched Billy uh, Madison way too many times. I know. Uh, I'm gonna say like a three. Okay, because it took a while to figure out that he was the revolting blob. Right. Okay. So. Um. All right. <laughs> uh, Patch from Wolverine. Remember Patch? Yeah, when he was in Madripoor. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, went by Patch, and he wore an eye, eye patch. patch. Who's he? two like come on like it's eventually like his, hair, his hair is all spiky and he has spikes coming out of his hands if you cut him he gets angry and yeah. heals fast eventually he's gonna cut himself or like pick up broken glass in the bar and then he'll just oh watch out oh wait no you didn't get cut yeah so who are you fooling patch who are you fooling wolverine nobody and then i had um mysterion from south park ah uh, mysterion now i figured that was a good one mysterion's a good one i'm gonna give mysterion a four yeah, no, I don't give him a five because technically you could probably through the process of elimination with those kids figure out which one he is. But you never hear Kenny talk, so you don't know what he sounds like. And yeah. then like his outfit's completely different. But when he took the mask off, he just looks like every other South Park kid. Yeah, so, and yeah. well, that's the other thing yeah. too. Like it should be like Kenny without the hood. Who are you fooling? That, that's why I loved it at the end of the episode though. It's like everyone's like, oh, it's him, and they won't say who it was. Um, and then uh, last two, I have this one. This one's really bottom of the barrel. Hammerman. From the Hammerman cartoon where MC Hammer put on dance shoes and became Hammerman. Oh, no, I don't, I don't remember, remember that. that. <laughs> so his sorry. name's MC Hammer, but his alter ego is Hammerman. Okay. And his dances. No. Okay. No. All right. Yeah, I would give him. I'd give him a one. <laughs> he ain't fooling anybody. Okay. Grandmaster B. <laughs> oh man, Grandmaster B is a one too. Yeah, that's that's a, a Bud Bundy's rap alter ego, and he would just wear like chains and like uh, a hat backwards. And like sunglasses, and that was it. I love, I love that because like every time like he would put the alter ego outfit on, and he'd come down, and like Peg would just like 
like patronize him and Al would patronize him and, and like and um they'd always come up with like different names they would him. always come up with a different name from every time he was like, like no. Master B he's like no, no. Yeah. yeah so I thought that would and be a Kel- good one Kelly would always just make fun of him so yeah Grandmaster B who you fooling who you fooling <laughs> alright alright here's Joe's 37 okay <laughs> so I came up with a list some of these are some of these are kind of easy some of these are probably really really tough so um Tyler Perry I was going to do that. Who, like, who like you fooling? Who you fooling? Who you fooling? Like anybody in that whole universe of Medea can't tell that she's a man. I, I, you know, well, clearly there's enough movies made, so I'm going to give Tyler Perry a five, okay, because he fools everybody. Apparently, yeah. All right, um, this one probably another good one. Loki, who you fooling? <laughs> Loki, Loki literally just fools everyone. That's true. Um, but he was uh, he was Sif. Um, he's also been a teenager. Um. So yeah, I mean, he is he is the god of mischief, but I mean, but he he always kind of he wants you to know it's him, like pretty much. Like it may it may always be like the last third of his plan, but he wants you to know he's the one doing it. So I'm gonna give him like a three and a half, three and a half. Because I mean, five would be you'd never know he was there. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, thinking because if he's that good, then you would just never know it was Loki. True. Well, I'm sticking in that same realm. Haha. See what I did here? Yes. Uh, Jane Foster. Who you fooling? <laughs> so you mean Lady Thor? Lady Thor. Oh, like as you as opposed to like wait, he she looks different. He looks different. Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. I mean, chemo patient Jane Foster turns into uh, a a blonde superhero. Yeah, I mean that's that's a. I mean, if you want if you want an alter ego, people aren't going to suspect though. That's a pretty good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Uh, so that's I, the best I, one I've seen in a long time. I, I would give that like a four and a half because it's like you, you solid. Know, yeah, because you just don't like you wouldn't. I wouldn't suspect that. Right. You know. Um, here's a tough one too. King Candy from Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> Who are you fooling? <laughs> I, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that he's still a race car driver, it'd be a five. But the fact that he still has to race cars and hates losing no mm. matter what, I want to give it you a like three. King Candy, I kind of remember you. Yeah, you play, you race a lot like Turbo, and er- and everybody always remember. Everyone knows remembers Turbo. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like it's not like you completely faded. So yeah, you give him a what a, a four or a three? three? I give him a three. A three? three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Have some candy. <laughs> Boomer from Battlestar Galactica. Who? <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Who are you fooling? I, I was going to I was going to throw some Battlestar on here too. Yeah. but I didn't. I was going to go with um Al, uh, whatever his real name. Well, his name wasn't the show. The priest. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, Boomer. Boomer um, was a better who you fooling because she yeah. she got a lot of people. Yeah, well, that's true. Boomer I mean, fooled herself. That. You know what? I'm going to give her a five because she didn't even know. Boomer got a five. She just walked and, in. And I'll, walked give, in. I'll give the other half of the Cylons, too, because they didn't know either. They were like, oh, she's oh, she's with us. I yeah. knew that. All right. Um, she looks a lot like these rest of these girls over here, too. <laughs> All right. What about Gray Fox from Metal Gear Solid? Who are you fooling? Oh, um, He's the ninja. Oh, what, see, I didn't play the Metal I mean, I watched a lot of the Metal Gear. Okay. I didn't, yeah. Um, so he was the ninja. Like, Do you I remember you didn't play Metal Gear 1? Um, not the NES one, the PlayStation one. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a. He there's a lot of Metal Gear stuff that I don't know about. People. All right. Um, what about Metal Gear Solid Two? When people thought it was Snake the entire time, but it wasn't Snake. It was uh, what's his face, blonde guy. Remember he took the mask off, and it was like in, in two. What was, was Sons of Liberty was the second. Yeah, one? second. And second it wasn't. One. It wasn't actually Snake. It was um, what's his face, uh, the guy that became the robot guy. Raiden? Raiden, yeah, he was he was the main character of Metal Gear Solid Two, and yeah, everyone but got he didn't mad. have a mask on. He, well, didn't he pull off the snake mask or whatever? Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, 
Maybe I made that up. Maybe I, I think you made that up because Snake was in it. He was like talking to Raiden in the whole. Oh, okay. I don't know why anyway. they made you play Raiden. I'm still mad at Hideo Kojima for that. There you go. Um, X twenty three. She's got the new Wolverine costume on. She's the all new Wolverine. Who are you fooling? Yeah, like who are you trying to be? Like everyone knows, like like everyone knows who you are. You know, you're not hiding anything. She only got two claws. And you <laughs> got claws coming out your feet now. Oh, is that what's going on now? Yeah. Oh, well, well, she's always had claws on her feet. Like oh, she I, does. She does like the toe claws, like the long one. I mean, no, I have those two. They ruin my socks. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zoom from the flesh. <laughs> Who are you fooling, Jay Garrick? Not, not no one now, and it makes me mad. <laughs> oh, it even makes me mad that it's just like they're like, oh, you you use that other voice when you have the mask on right. to intimidate people. It's like, no, you could have freaking just had Candyman underneath there, and I've been yeah. way happier. Who are you fooling, Tony Todd? <laughs> yeah, like they if they would have <laughs> Tony Todd to Zoom, even though. It would be a stretch right now to believe that that man could run that fast. <laughs> I would still be okay with that because it's Tony Todd and he's awesome and his voice is scary. And it should have been, it should have been Mirror Universe's Flash Dad. That's who it should have been. It should have been. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been. Uh, what's his name? Um, it's Alan. Is it Jay Allen? Not Jay Allen. No, because you said Jake Eric. No. Yeah, uh, it should have been his dad because his dad actually was the actor. It was in the nineties right. Flash, and that would have been awesome. But no, Jake Eric. No, I'm not fooled anymore. I don't even care anymore about that. <laughs> He's so mad about it. So what does he get? Uh, negative two, because I'm angry at him. He's not fooling oh, anybody he's now. he's not fooling anybody. But he did full team flash, though, for a while, which, again, what was your end game there? To, to friend everybody, to see get close to Flash and steal your speed? Then why were you getting all snuggly with Caitlin and then being friends with everybody? I, it, just, it just seemed like a weird play. Yeah. You know? so, was, yeah, yeah. All right. Flash is still great, though. I love it. All right. Predator. <laughs> Who are you fooling? A lot of people. Oh, look. It's the jungle. It's more jungle. The jungle's kind of moving. Who are you fooling? That guy's a little shimmery. I don't know what's going there. Yeah. On there. I'd say a lot until well, until you you know blow his cover, and then you're not fooling anybody. Yeah. But that's when you hide with mud. And you know that doesn't really do anything, but it looks cool. I should cool. put Arnold in the next one. Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger with mud. Who are you fooling? Yeah. Right. The predator. <laughs> Just the predator. Predators give five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um... Let's see here. All right, last one here. Wilford Brimley from The Thing. Who are you fooling? Oh. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I mean, whenever you're in a room, like when you're like st- stuck away from the rest of the people, and then they come to check in on you, and you have a noose hanging there, and you're telling everybody, like, you know what? I'm all right. Let me back in. You don't let him back in. So, no, you, I did not buy for a second that he was sane in the second half of no. that movie. Um, and the fact that he had no mustache, I can't trust a, a, a Brimley without a mustache. Hmm. All right, what about Keith Dave, Keith Keith David? Who are you fooling? Oh, see, I don't know. I might be fooled because then that movie you don't know. You don't Do know. You, so you know the whole ending of the movie that he's the he's the thing. Uh, John Carpenter has admitted that he doesn't know. So how do you know that he's the thing? Well, they said because like at the end scene when he's sitting there talking to a Kurt Russell, like he doesn't have like a like he's not breathing. Really? Because you could see Kurt Russell's breath, and you can't see Keith David's. Well, I mean, I am, I'm really big on breath right now, so I mean, I should pay attention to that. I've watched that movie over and over and over again. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Sounds like it's time to watch it again. Yeah. I, I guess I'll give him a five because he's been fooling me this entire time. Fooling you. All right. That's all. Oh, wait. Last one. Def Leppard. Who are you fooling? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I don't understand the context. Because that's like, one of their songs, full. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> I mean, the, the drum sounds like a two dr- two yeah, arm drummer. No. I don't know. <laughs> so there actually is a high school somewhere in the south that mm-hmm. is a high school for the deaf, and their mascots the leopards. Yep. And it's been like that for years. So I you saw no, them. or you saw that Def Leppard came to the high school, right? Did they? Yeah, they oh. they got a picture with the the scoreboard sign and everything. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, who are you fooling? Who are you um, fooling? Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, yeah, but now I know that Keith David's been fooling me for years. I didn't know that. Wow, my whole worldview is shattered because I love the ambiguity of that ending of that movie. But it, but if you're telling me the ending's right there in front of my face, I feel like an idiot now. And I like that's like a core movie of my, I'm going to watch that tonight. Mary's going to be very upset. I'll be like, we're staying up to three in the morning. We're going to watch the thing over and over again until I get it right. And then, yeah, anyway. I don't think John Carpenter admitted to it, but I'm pretty sure that that's the implied. I just, I mean, I've listened to the director's commentary. I've done like, I've, I've done the research. You don't have this. to watch the whole movie. Just fast forward. Yeah, but to the if, end. if you're going to put it in, you're going to watch the whole movie. Okay. Um, so I, I just, you know, they, they said that they lost track. After a while, so they're not even sure if Kurt Russell or, or if uh, Keith David were still them mm. at the end. And the fact that, like, since they both were talking to each other, and then you know the fire was burning, and it's like you could tell that it, both of them couldn't be it because they would be the conversation would be way different. Like, all right, high five, we're done now. We got it. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> all right, back in the ice. You know, yeah. grab your funny hat. We're going. You know, um, so it couldn't be. You know, so it had to be one or the other or neither. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's a. Uh, Man, that shatters my mind. And so anyway, I guess we're going to wrap the show up with my mind being blown. So, um, all right, next week, not sure what we're talking about. I know there's X-Men Apocalypse coming. Um, we can talk oh, to yeah. X-Men. Uh, that movie's getting, like, so-so reviews. Yeah, I, I heard it's kind of hit or miss. Yeah, so maybe we'll talk about X-Men. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, or if you guys have suggestions for topics as well, we have, like, that'd be fun. Uh, so anyway, hit us up on the social media. I am going to ask that you guys please give us five-star reviews or however many stars is the most stars on Stitcher, um, iTunes, uh, Google Play. I Maybe I maybe, maybe we'll have to see if I'm if we're available there. But, yeah, give us good reviews. If we're not there, that'd be tough to give a review, but just try. If you can. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that'd be pretty great. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to uh, throw a quick uh, shout-out to another show that I do, Strange Highways, where myself and uh, Kevin Hornsby of Radio Violenta, where we watch The Twilight Zone. This week, we are watching Mr. Denton on Doomsday. It is a Western episode. Um, it, it has a very young um, Martin Landau in it it's very weird to see him young because uh, he has always looked like an old guy to me so please check that out strange highways um and that will do it uh so um that's it any any, any last words i know i always put you on the spot about last word who are you fooling with your last words who am i fooling nobody all right so all right that's it we'll see you next week Ch-ch-ch-ch.